Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome, everybody. We are, my name's Peter Lewis. I'm here, pastor at Breakthrough Church in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm here with Josh Dobie. Yes, great great to be here for uh, another morning. I love being here. We have Nadir with us today. Um, so as, as always, we would love anyone. This place is always welcome. It's not just us in this room. Um, we, we put tables and chairs out. You are always welcome to join us and to be a part of it. It's an awesome atmosphere. We have a lot of fun. Um, you don't have to be on camera. We won't. Yeah. We might wave we to you. We won't embarrass so, you. We won't embarrass you. So hello, Nadir. Um, yeah, so always welcome here. But looking forward to another another great morning. Good morning. And Josh, you've got your own well, greeting there. I've got good morning from Judith and um, for both of us. Oh, I do. I'm reading the comment here. Good morning, Seth. Good to good to see you, mate. Yeah. We're, um, from California. Seth from California. So that, that's that's exciting to have you joining with us. And I know he's here because of you, Josh. That's that's the you've drawn you're, you're the draw card there. Well, that's what we'll go with. So we we are here at Breakthrough Academy. Uh, for those who maybe are new and joining us for the first time, um, Breakthrough Academy is a way of diving deep into the Word of God, but not in a way that turns you into a dried up academic. Yeah. For someone who makes. We do it in the spirit. We do it in an in, in anointing that has faith to it. And that's why um, we have our logo here, my little hand-drawn version of the logo. Um, if you want to see a better version, just, you know, look in the um, other corner. But um, this here is um, represents two things. Josh, can you tell me what the two things are that are represented here? Oh, testing my knowledge here. Yeah. Ma mountain moving faith. Yes. And there's a book and there's a mountain. So. There's a book and there's a mountain. Those two represent the heart of what we're doing here at Breakthrough Academy. It's all about the Word of God. Um, it's the Word that strengthens us. It's the Word that we, we go into. Um, we did a full series on how important the Word of God is. And you mm. can go back into um, either our YouTube channel or go to breakthrough.org.au slash academy and you can get all the old messages there. Um, but the Word of God is central to us. Like it's, it's what equips and shapes us. So we're yeah. not here to study our own ideas. We're not here to study our thoughts. We're not here to um, just see what, um, you know, what, what I think and what yeah. you think, what, what, what's, what's yeah. your experience been and what's yeah. my experience, what I've heard, what you've heard. And um, hi, Jennifer, if you want to come through. You're welcome. welcome. Yeah, just coming through. We've got seats here if you want, next and a table. Mm. And um, yeah, you might want to stay rugged up though. It's, it's, the heaters haven't really kicked in. <laughs> we we do have the heaters on. We <laughs> it will it will get warm. Well, yes. I tell you what, we will do. You can have. Yeah, you can have personal heater. I've just given you Josh's heater. I'm I'm now heaterless, but you're welcome to have that. Thank you, thank you for coming today. Um, so we um, we dive into the Word of God. The mm. word, it's it's this is this is a, um, a, a an opportunity to to go into the Bible, not just at a um, not just at, at, a, at a surface level, yeah. But to take time, yeah. To take opportunity to dig deep, um, and the mountain in the middle means it's in a spirit of faith. This is designed. If your faith is not growing, we're not doing it right. Yeah, Does that make sense. Well, you know, let me qualify that. You also need to be. <laughs> You need to do your part. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I, I, can't, I can't make you suffer. But uh, it's designed to speak into your life and to, for faith to, to stir up and to, um, to come alive. And so that's why we, um, we will be led by the Spirit. I, I don't, um, when I was first going to do this Bible study, I got all my old notes out yeah. and I you know, got all my old um, outlines. Yes. And, I, and it just, there was this, 
you know, when you're doing something and, the, and God's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm, do, I'm doing your work, Lord. You know, I'm doing what you want me to do. He said, yeah. um, you know, okay, if you, that's the way you think you should do it. I'm like, hang on a sec. I'm teaching the Bible. You know, and there was, and what it did is exposed in me a little bit of, um, there was a fear of, I've got to get the content right. And mm. um, what do I do if I get up here and I don't know where the scriptures are and I lose my way a little bit? And I wanted to, I wanted to nail it and I wanted to have it all really neat and lots of notes and things like that. And um, but then I got challenged. You know, that's that's not strong to my style. Okay, mm. um, that you know, I do lots of notes. I have lots of research, but mm. it's if I just go to that, it's um, so God really challenged me to teach the Bible school without a big fixed outline and a big pile of notes in front of me, but actually just to fill my heart with it and then let the Holy Spirit bring it out. Mm. And, um, and so, I, and that, and I think that's, I think, I think that's exactly what's been happening with like every, every session we've had, um, in the previous topic. And now this, it's, um, it's really awesome. And it's, it's, it's being done in a way that what we do here, you can bring to your own uh, time in the Lord, your own your own Bible studies. So it's not, as Pastor said, it's not just um, it can only happen here. Uh, he is equipping us and helping us with understanding and and giving us tools that we can then take it into our own lives um, and and our own faith. And yeah. So we're going. That's what we're going to do. And um, appreciate you can like we said we've got people um, live and we've got people online. We've got Karen. Um, good morning. She can't be with us in person, but she was here last week. So mm. Karen, it's great that you can um, still stay, you know, connected with this through the online. And we have Lee Tester. Um, it's warm here in Queensland. He, yeah. he was with us just before and it, I think it was raining when he came. So <laughs> yeah, well done, Lee. That's it's a, not raining right now, Lee. It's yeah. just cold. All right. Well, when we say cold here, we mean it's a, a nice 25 degrees, minus 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's 15. I reckon it's about 12. I, I might I might take my jumper off soon. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. So thank you for everyone joining us. Thank you, those who are here. Um, we're going to dive in. Um, last week, we spoke about covenant, what the purpose of covenant is, what a covenant is. And um, the main thing that I brought out there is that covenant is all about um, certainty, con having confidence. Mm. You know, it, it, a covenant takes things away from I wonder what would happen if to I know because we've established a set of guidelines, a set of rules. And covenants are not just a Bible thing. That's one of the, you know, you, you, covenants are used between men. You know, David and Jonathan cut a covenant. Um, Abraham cut covenants. Jacob cut covenant with his father-in-law. Um, and many times, you know, two nations or two rulers would cut covenant. Sometimes the, the cutting of covenant would just be a practical sort of thing, a, a functional sort of reason. For instance, I might be the leader of a tribe, and, you know, I'll call us the Lewisites, you know, and so the Lewisites, we've, we've got our tribe, and we're amazing um, warriors. I want to be the warriors in this example. We're amazing fighters, and, we, you know, we, we, we're really good, but we're, you know, that's all we do. We, we're really good at that, and you're, you're the Dobieites. And over in your little tribe, you're amazing farmers. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, so you get to be amazing. You, you can make things grow and you've got plenty of food. But you're not very good at protecting yourselves, you know what I mean? No. But, when we can't, but we can't grow anything. So we're starving and you're always getting your food raided. Yeah. So what do we do? The two leaders come together mm -hmm. and we say, how can we, we make this agreement? We would... You protect us and we give you food. Yeah. So, but rather than just sort of an agreement, we actually go into a deeper level and we make a covenant. Yes. That we join our strengths together and become intertwined with each other mm. in that way. 
but what it does is it brings my strength in and your strength mm. in and together we have confidence yeah and i and i don't have to go back to my um tribe and say i wonder whether they'll bring us food i wonder if we'll be eating today <laughs> yeah and i you don't have to go and say i wonder if we're attacked whether will be anyone will come to help us you don't have to wonder anymore mm. because we have settled that mm. through this covenant relationship and um and there's all sorts of things, and we'll go through them a little bit later, not to maybe today, maybe another day, about the ceremony, what's a part of a covenant, because there's all sorts of key things. And that's how I used to view a covenant, was through the eyes of all those, the ceremonial things that used to happen. Mm. But as I explained last week, the, um, that's like looking at a marriage and saying a marriage is what happens on the, on the, on the wedding day. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the vows, it's the exchange of the ring, it's the people. Well, that, that, they're all symbolic and they're mm. important. But the marriage is actually what's happening. Yeah. And those things just help to, to give me some understanding and, the, and the establish it. And so a covenant to me was just those, you know, it was like the things that were promised. And, and I would see it as the exchange of strength and things like that. But no, covenant is way more than that. A covenant is an intertwining. Mm. And the first part of that is this sense of um, a confidence we can know. Mm. We said, Abraham, he said, how can I know what these things, yeah. have? how can I know that you're going to do what you've said? And God said, get me the, the animals, cut mm. them all in half, put Abraham to sleep, did the figure eight, yeah. threw the blood and smoking fire. And it was all happening. And, mm. and, but, and he said, God cut covenant with Abraham mm. that day. And, so, and I, I love with that, that's like, you know, it started with Abraham and then through his son, Isaac and Jacob, and now to us. And it's like, God is still today honoring his covenant with Abraham. <laughs> yeah. So that, exactly. that's... It, it, it was it was not like oh God just did a small thing. He was he was when God intertwines and makes something work, um, there's a level and a depth and a and a, um, a commitment to it that goes way beyond mm. what we could possibly understand. But it, it, that's what gives us the confidence. Yes. That's why it's um I don't think I can, you know, um we'll get to it at one stage looking at the words that Jesus spoke when he sat down with his disciples just before he was going to the cross and they were sharing the Passover and he was putting a whole new meaning to that Passover and he's saying, now, you know, th now do this in remembrance of me so we will take the bread, this mm. is my body. And then he said, this is the cup, this cup is my blood. Mm. But he said, this cup, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Mm. And when he said, this is a new covenant, um, uh, my heart, you know, my, my, I feel like my head goes, boop. <laughs> What would this is what the disciples they've heard about this new covenant? You know, book of Jeremiah talks about it. it. You know, there's a new covenant coming, but a covenant was such a central thing. It was like I am going to give a brand new way of looking at things. I'm going to redefine everything, um, and you know, and 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 it just like it wasn't a small thing. It was a huge change. God was re defining all the rules mm. and um now we we're not so, so upset about that because all the rules were good do you know what i mean they're all yeah. better they're much you know better. the book of hebrews is um, based around one key word the word better it's a better covenant based around better promises with better guarantees better 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 so the new covenant but it's not like a um an improvement you know um apple announced you know in november they're going to bring out the iphone 15 you know they've got the iphone 14 it'll be better but is this going to be a and modified upgrade version of what they currently have. It'll it'll have another flashing light. Yeah, it'll it'll it'll, it'll you know, and it'll cost a bit more. And um, I've just offended a, f a lot of people. Well, I think even the Apple people know that. You know, it's it's just just so 
you, got, you can't see the old covenant that God had, and when he said there's a new covenant, this is not announcing a new model that is just a, a slight upgrade from the old one. Mm. He was totally reimagining what the covenant looked like, mm. but in a good way because the old covenant um, had a lot of things about it that it was, it, um, in the book of Hebrews, it, it talks about the, the old covenant um, was incapable of doing things. It was just not capable. Romans took it. The old covenant, this could not do certain things. But the new covenant, it was what the old covenant could never do was actually coming into place. So it was like, it's finally here, the covenant that God has always intended. It was and just some a, people, some a people, shadow. Yeah, and some people sort of say, oh, is it gonna, could, could God ever bring in a new, new covenant? All right, that's a question. You know, could, could God ever actually bring in a third covenant? You know, you've got the old covenant and the new covenant. Well, that would be to say that uh, Jesus' blood, his sacrifice on the cross... Yeah, is what is something supersedes that, or yeah. or it didn't do it, or yeah, well, it's it's and it's sort of a you know like a it's a valid question that people can ask you if we've got if there was an old covenant and now there's a new covenant, mm. could there ever be a new new covenant? Mm. And um, and I think like you said, the difference is that this is you know if it was just going from you know a version one to version two, there could be a version three, but version one was not actually a true. Um, covenant that could actually cover it, it couldn't deal with our sins mm. it covered our sins but it couldn't actually cleanse our sins yeah. the old covenant couldn't actually deal because the blood of, it says the blood of bull and goats is can't actually yeah. do anything you know it, it, but it represented but in the new covenant was the blood of the son of god mm. the spotless lamb and um, so these are two covenants which you can't compare and this covenant was a finished covenant mm. a finished work when jesus was on the cross and he it said is it is finished, finished he said my, my my sacrificial work here he still had work to do in the sense of going up to the heaven um you know releasing the captives all those sorts of things but it, it was a it's not a covenant that needs to be um repeated yeah. over and over and mm. over and over again um it's it's a finished covenant one once and for all <laughs> yeah it, it, it's a completed work and and um and you know, so we, we don't we don't have to um, sort of be you know thinking, oh, you know, what what needs to be improved? It is finished. All right, let's let's jump into. So that's the covenant is all about confidence. So last week it was covenant establishes confidence. Mm -hmm. um, now I want, this week I want to talk about the covenant establishes connection. All right, one of the purposes and the, and the and the reason around the covenant is connection. So if we can go to First Kings chapter eight. I just want to go to a, um, and I want to introduce you to a word. I don't know whether I've ever done this word with Josh. I can't, I actually can't remember. Does that word look familiar? Anyone tell me if this word looks familiar. Hendiatus. Mm. Or hendiatus. I, I think I've seen it before, but I say that. And I'll be learning it again yeah, today. Okay. Hendiatus. Nadir, ever familiar with that? Jennifer, is this word ever, ever, ever familiar? It's an English word, hendiatus. Okay, it's a, it's a grammatical term. So it's a, so it's not, okay, yeah, people look up and say, oh, we're learning Hebrew or Greek or something. No, this is actually an English word, hendiatus. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, and it's, it's based on a Latin phrase, but it's, um, yeah. Sorry? Looks like a yeah, Nadir just said it sounds like a disease. Um, it's well, based on a Latin, um, which is based on the Greek. So it a Latin term that came from a Greek concept. Um, hen um, and 
dia or di adis. Actually, let me just. I'll try. I'll just. Just while he's doing that, I just saw Kyra, uh, Levi, and Zari walk in. Yeah. Welcome, guys. Glad yeah. you could be here. So he's never too young to start academy. No. Levi's just turning three, mm -hmm. but he's right into it. Maybe we should invite him up sometime. Yeah. Hen Let's 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 put in there that hen um, from the the um, from the word Greek word meaning one. Diatus meaning two. Looks like I'm counting one two, but I'm not. It, 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 that's sort of what those mean. And um, oh, sorry, not in my Greek and Hebrew. Mixer. Two's a dis, so two, and um, dia through. Use the word three, okay? One through two, okay? So, um, hen diatus, one thing through, think of diameter. Diameter goes right through a circle, mm. dia in the middle. Yep. Hen one, a disc, two, duo, the dynamic duo. Mm -hmm. One through two. One concept, one idea, mm -hmm. one thought through two words. Mm. So, it's a mixture of two words put together by themselves they each mean something but not you need them put together to make is okay i'll mm -hmm. give you I'll give you an example of this um there's a style of music called um country and western all right why is it country and western why is it not western music and there is country music, sort of. It's country and they're, western. They're two separate. But is there, when I say I'm going to listen to some country and western music, am I going to get two playlists or one play? Is it, is it one style of song or is it two styles of song? Country and western. If I said to you, give me a country and western song, you could give me a song that is country and western. Um, yeah. If I said, give me a song that is um, heavy rock and um, uh, musical theatre, Right, you would have to give me, you give me two songs, <laughs> sure, right? Because I'm describing two different things. But when I say give me a give me a song from country and western, you just go and get one song. Mm. It's one concept, and we use two words for it. Mm -hmm. So that's a hendiatus. Hendiatus. Um, there you go. If I say I'm nice and warm, I don't mean I'm nice, and I am warm. <laughs> Right, I'm not. You know, it, 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 what am I saying when I'm saying I'm nice and warm? Am I saying Am I saying I'm warm? Am I saying I'm warm? Mm. Are you? Well, warm doesn't cut it because nice and warm means a little bit more than warm. Mm. And am I saying I'm nice? Well, it doesn't. What, why? So why nice and warm? But it doesn't mean I'm two things. Mm. Oh, I'm nice and I'm warm. No, I'm nice and warm is one thing. It means I am comfortably comfortable. I don't know. Cozy, you know, cozy and nice. I'm, I'm in a good spot. Temperature-wise, mm. but I'm happy in that spot. Yeah, it's a so nice and warm is one concept that we've used two words for. Okay, so it's a hendiatus. Um, so I've got some others that have. have I'd, I'd, um, um, we sat and talked can be a hendiatus. Mm -hmm. um, silver and gold can be possibly a concept. Well, not, not, is this sort of one concept meaning money yeah. as opposed to the actual items themselves? But anyway, reason I say that, let's go to First Kings chapter 8, verse 23. Because here we have what could be a hendiatus. But if we don't think of it like that, 
we will see it as two independent uh, okay. things. Does that make sense? That make sense. I, will, I will explore nice and I'll explore warm, mm. but not realizing these two things are actually integrated as one thought, but just with two expressions. Mm. All right, so um, we'll go for the New American. And he said, O Lord, the God of Israel, um, I think this is Solomon speaking, this is in his great prayer, great declaration. O Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath who, are, who art, it's all King James language, thanks to New American, who, art, who, are, who is keeping covenant and showing loving kindness to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. Can you see, can you see any guess where the... Loving kindness? Well... Loving kindness is one word in the no. sense, and covenant, keeping covenant and showing loving kindness. Mm. So let, let me just see if I can. What does the Amplified say? Um, Jennifer just said the Amplified says, well, let me, let me see. Showing mm. mercy and loving kindness. All right, so... Uh, but only to those who keep the covenant. All right. Um, what's the amplified here? There it is. Um, so, yeah, so keeping, um, keeping covenant and showing mercy and loving kindness to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. Um, so it's a pretty big phrase, mm. and they're adding extra bits, as the amplified quite rightly should, because that's amplifying it. Um, Let's just have a look at the message by what I know. Um, who unswervingly keeps covenant with his servants and relentlessly loves them as they sincerely live in obedience to your way. Unswervingly. That's pretty nice. Um, all right, let's just go back to the New American. Cause, um, what you've got here is th this word and. All right. The and is the connecting point for our hendiitis. Mm. All right? It's, you know, we said nice and warm. Yep. This is the, the connecting. Now, because it's not to us, um, there's phrases on either side, mm. it gets even more lost. Mm. All right? Um, showing loving kindness. And there's a, a clue here in the New American. With the word showing is in italics. Um, that means that it's a word added by the English translators and there's really no English, there's no, there's no Hebrew word saying showing, but it sort of helps. It doesn't make sense to them if they don't put the mm. word. But it's implied. It's not like they're adding to it. Yeah. It, just, it just makes, it's, this, it's how the Hebrew person would have understood it. Yeah. They would have sort of read it with that. in the, so, so they've already showed us that they've sort of added a word in there. So you could almost say who art keeping covenant and loving kindness. Mm. All right. And that helps us to, to bring the Hendaitis a little bit back together because rather than, keeping and showing it's keeping covenant and loving kindness mm. all right so we've got those two parts the, the 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 keeping covenant part and the the loving kindness part we can look at each of those words indip individually in a second but the the idea is that this is one concept um and in the hendaitis why do they use two words when you could say well you know well, what word could you use for nicely warm, nice and warm? Could I say nicely warm? It doesn't actually sort of yeah. work. 
can I use the word nice? Uh, uh, Nadir looks nice. It, it, it's it's really it's really adding like emphasis. Yeah, well, it's, it, it, it's without the other without the other half, it, I don't get it. Like, yeah. I, if I say, oh, Nadir looks nice and Jennifer looks warm, I could be lying on both of those at the moment. Um, Nadir, you do look nice, and, uh, but it, neither of those brought out the kind. Uh, but I'm, if, but nice, nice and warm. Ah, you know, mm. Jennifer looks nice and warm. Yeah, you know, and, and that's in by faith. You know, yeah. once the heaters kicked in and we've got a little bit more heat going. Um, without the two of them, if you take one away, it it sort of it loses its meaning. Yeah, and um, so that's the, this is this is it's two, it, it's two elements. So it's very it's not an easy thing. So what we have to do is say, okay, we are looking at something which the loving kindness gives definition to the covenant and the covenant gives definition to the loving kindness. Mm, that's good. All right. So that they, it's not, we're not looking at that. They, they both worked with each other and then they bring this one mm. thought. Um, so, so let's just take you know, time because we're, we're at Academy. We can take a bit of time. We don't have to sort of say, yeah, well, you know, that's good. This yeah. is what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's also, I don't want you to say, oh, that's an interesting thought and then move on and, and you sort of, I, I know there was something interesting there, but I didn't quite mm. get what it was all about. This, this is where we can take the time to dive in and actually get understanding and, and get that revelation. So let's look at, first of all, let's, let's start with the word covenant. Um, that I bring here, as I've said, and if you've, if you've done the um, study we did with on Bible, um, I explain how all this works. These numbers are the Hebrew alphabet in the dictionary, numbered to make it easier for people who can't read Hebrew. And then there's a lot of the, this, my Bible, uh, my Bible app has connections. So if I click on that number, it takes me into Hebrew dictionaries mm. to tell me what each of those ones. So if I just look down for keeping covenant H1285, I can click on there and I can go into the word study um, dictionary, which is a, a dictionary for Hebrew and Greek words, depending on all. Um, and it's the one I recommend most for, for word study, especially the Greek written by a man called Zodiades, a Greek scholar who did just an amazing job. But you can sort of see, okay, this is quite a long definition here. <laughs> All right, it's, um, it, it takes time. Um, the reason I like this particular def um, dictionary is because it just doesn't sort of say, well, here's the definition of it. It says, well, here's how it is used in all these different circumstances, because you'll find a word, a word has such a broad sort of meaning and, and often it's used in different areas. Mm. But it's, um, um, this is not gonna be something we, we come in and say, oh, the word covenant, guess what it means in the word Hebrew? It actually means covenant. Mm. Ooh, that's, you know, you don't need a Hebrew dictionary to find out that covenant means covenant. But um, what we do have is a difficulty that we don't really understand the word covenant too strongly in the English. So, yeah. so the more we can dive into this, um, the better we can get. Um, the word covenant, actually, I think is linked into a, a, um, probably Latin, being you know, a lot of our words, Latin and Greek and um, things like that. Um, convene, think of the word convene. Covenant, convene, mm. um, a, a, a coming together. Yeah. Um, covenants were, are designed to bring people together in an agreement of mm. some sort, okay? Um, so that, that's, well, let, let's... Let's take our time, Josh. Let's, don't rush me. Let, uh, I'm, Everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to sort of just step past and think, yeah. oh, but okay, we can take time. Everybody hold up. Everybody dig in. Yeah. Let's look at the um, different words we have. So in the, in the Hebrew, 
Um, don't know. How did we? How was it spelled? B B E R I Y T here. Put the Y in here. You'll notice that the um, English spelling for some words changes. Mm. Um, we're going to study a word, uh, chesed, a little bit later, which was the second half of this. Yep. Um, and, um, I, you know, I found three different spellings. And <laughs> when three, three different scholars I went to, each had three different spellings for the, the word. So berit, don't be, don't be going, oh, is it the B-E-R-I-T, B-E-R-Y-T? When you're coming from Hebrew into English, you'll often get different spellings. Mm. Um, I, I knew someone who went to Israel. If anyone's been to Israel, have you been to Israel, Jennifer? No? Yeah, you haven't been to Israel, no? Um, uh, my, my understanding is that the, they have the, often the English spelling of towns, but each sign you go to might have a different spelling. Mm. Um, so they don't have the same spelling <laughs> at, at different places because it's like, to them, it's sort of, you know, it, it's, that's the Hebrew is the word. And then the English is sort of a, you know, this is how we put mm. it here, but over here we can might spell it. So like chesed, chesed, um, some spell it C-H-E-S-E-D. Some spell it with a K, K-E-S-E-D. Mm. Some just spell it with the H and, and drop the C out and you've got a note sort of sound in it. So berit. So what I'm saying is don't get too um, agitated if you find another definition somewhere else and it's B-E-R-I-T or something. So, oh, this is a different word. No, it can be the same word, mm. just with a different spelling. That's why that number system is so helpful. Yes. So, all right, because I can't read Hebrew and I can't follow, but I can follow the numbers. Yeah. All right, and um, so so the Hebrew, which means that um, it mean, means to to make covenant, um, and which is a bringing together and a solemnizing and, and making certain um, of two people or um, a god and his. His people like God made a covenant with Abraham. Yeah. So when the Hebrews used the word covenant, they understood all this variation. They understood it. It was mm. all it was all fine. Yeah. And another place that it's were used is um, in marriage. Um, let's go to uh, Malachi chapter chapter what? Josh, come on. Chapter I, one. I could take uh, a guess if you'd like. No, it's for chapter two. Yeah, there's chapter two, verse 14. Um, in the New American. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth. Um, God's bringing the task. These people have been disloyal. They've been unfaithful. Mm -hmm. Against whom you have dealt treacherously, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. All right, she is your wife because she's in covenant with you. Um, so a, a marriage was was a covenant. Mm. It was two people coming together and intertwining their lives, convening together. But people understood that there was different levels of covenant, like a marriage covenant was a, a, a total integration like that. But there was covenants by trade, mm. you know, like the, like we the two tribes. Now yeah. we could still go and live quite separately, but if you had trouble, we'd come and help you. And, if you, and every year you'd come and bring us food. Mm. Um, and there was also an understanding that people could break covenant, you know, and so a covenant would normally be um, put together and we would appeal to a higher authority to watch over us. So normally that would be to God or, you know, and, and you know, covenants that were 
secular covenants that didn't you know involve the true God. So they would make appeals to their gods and what would they, you know their gods would come and do to them if they if they had any trouble. So because you know Jacob and Laban from yeah, last week. Yeah, because I don't really trust you. I don't really think you know, God you're will do see. Yeah, God will see how you act even when I cannot see how you act. Yeah, there's a there was a place um, called Mari, I think M A R I. See if I can have that. Yeah, Mari, which um, um, they um, they had example of covenants and back, and back in um, uh, Bible times and things like that, and into you know modern, more modern times even, they had a thing called a suzerainty, which was a form of covenant where you'd have a, a king would take over a nation mm. and he would enter into a covenant. That was a very one-sided covenant. That was that was the one where it just wants the gold, was it? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take over your nation and I will protect you and you will become my people. Mm. But, you know, you will send me lots of tribute. tribute and, yeah. they would, um, and there was a place um, called Mari, M-A-R-I, um, which found stacks of these. Um, they found an old library in there, which had just like a, a treasure trove of all these old official documents and bits and pieces and and they sorted through them and in them they found lots and lots of examples of um what we'd call you know covenants or suzerainties or you know these agreements mm. and um it was, it was one it was an interesting one there was one guy um um i'm just reading here my notes there's um there was a, a, in a in a report of a peace treaty which was a covenant form of covenant Peace treaty made between the Hanians and the land of the Idamaras. Don't know where they are. Middle East somewhere. A Mari official in the Haran region tells his king that they brought to me a whelp and a goat. Now, does anyone know what a whelp is? Oh, have I? That's gone to sleep. Gone to sleep. I forgot to turn the sleep mode off. Rookie error 101 there. Let's let's fix that. Otherwise, otherwise we'll be watching um, Apple ads. Yeah, I have told you one time I was doing this live on stage with the program, and um, and uh, it brought an ad up from Apple which I had no control over. Um, I remember this, and, and it was Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. I do not endorse this. No. <laughs> I have not been looking at this. It's an ad that just comes up. You know. And um, auto lock. Let's go for never. Okay, here. And um, um, anyway, so I'm like, I'm preaching away, and this thing's come behind me, and I got no idea. And I'm like, congregation, what are you showing us? And it wasn't me. It was Apple. I just decided to take over my iPad and show a screen. So we have taken control again of my <laughs> iPhone, iPad, and um, we are here. Oh, technology. Ain't, ain't it wonderful? Anyway, so this guy says, um, he said, they brought to me a whelp, W-H-E-L-P. Do you know what a whelp is? I'd, yeah, and, and a puppy or a... a, a yeah, okay. So Je so Jennifer said like a, a newborn, a pu like a puppy. Well, I think I think a lion cub can be a whelp. So I think it's just a newborn. So mm. new, yeah, I think I think you're right. Um it, it matches what I've sort of said. Anyway, they said 
they brought to me, um, this official said, they brought to me a whelp, so a little puppy or something, you know, some sort of small animal, maybe not a dog, but a small animal, and um, a goat. And he laughed. He's like, can you imagine? They're going to cut, they're going to do this thing with a whelp and a goat? He said, I told them, he said, um, they brought me and a goat, but I obeyed my Lord and did not give permission for the use of a whelp and a goat. I caused the foal of a young she-ass to be slaughtered. I'm like, this is not going to work if we're using a goat. What do they think they're doing? He said it had to be the foal of a she-ass. Yeah. So a donkey, he said, unless we got the foal of a donkey, that's how this is done. Like Obviously. crazy thought. Crazy. Obviously. What, what were they thinking? What were they doing? Okay, so whelp, whelp is the process of giving birth. So, mm. so there was some young animal, some young animal, and a young puppy or something like that. And is so this official's like, what were they thinking? These back backward people, they don't even know how to do a proper covenant, you know, and establish a peace treaty properly. They they're bringing me a goat. Oh, whelp. He said, I told him get that stuff. <laughs> he said, unless we get the fall of a she ass, it's not a it's proper. Not, it's not proper. It's not going to happen. So, um, so that the, the funny thing was in that letter. It gives us information yeah. about what they did, and, and it was really important. So the cutting of an animal was always really important. And they'd do things like they'd write this up and they'd say where they're going to be writing it and, and where's it going to be displayed. Normally in the temple of their god, mm. it would be in the, in the central temple, maybe on a pillar, and it would be, um, they'd have an agreement to read it out every year mm. and remind themselves of just how great and amazing the king is that, you know, who's set this up and that they're recommitting every year to send so much tribute and gold and stuff like that. Mm. So, that, so these, these, are, these are covenants... But so the Hebrew understood all this range because it was sort of part of their language. And so when they said a covenant, and that was, that's one of the things that confused me Yeah. because I was taught what a covenant was. But when I was taught it, the covenant, I was taught from like the God perspective, mm. you know, from, the, from, the, from the, the aspect of what God, how God did covenant. Yeah. And then I found covenant used in all these other situations. And I'm like, well, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Because the Hebrews understood the concept. And mm. so berit would mean all this range. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so ber berit means, you know, um, and, and they understood it because they understood the concept. So the word to them locked in a whole lot of meaning and understanding. Yeah. So they understood it. It, in, it also meant a marriage covenant, yeah. that type of covenant. So you, that's not just being convenient and, um, you know, my strengths and your strengths. Yeah. My, you know, I'm a, I'm a farmer, you're a warrior. But it does actually mean we, we do mix our strengths. Mm. But there's a greater level there. And, um, and it says your companion and you've become unfaithful to her. And it starts to bring in some other language here. You know, it says you, know, you have become unfaithful even though she is your companion. Um, look, look in the New American. Um, you have dealt treacherously though she is your companion. All right, and so it's now it's starting to bring hey to to not fulfill the the covenant requirements is not just a oh you've 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 broken it you've mm. dealt treacherously there's a there's a, a loyalty aspect that you have now worked and um, so the Hebrew concept has all this bigness and they understand then how it gets intertwined with God's covenant faithfulness and, and how he brings covenant. Then when they come to put that in other languages, not every other, 
often the other languages don't have a word. Mm. And so we, we've got the word covenant, but really we've, it's, it's not a word that's used very often. And when it is, people don't really understand it. Not, not the same understanding that they had of the time. Yeah. Like when, like we said last week that God cut covenant with Abraham, that was in a way that Abraham, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. This is, he, he, he knew what that was. Exactly. So, um, before Jesus came to the earth in that time, you know, a couple hundred years before, um, a group of scholars got together and said, well, let's translate the Hebrew Bible into Greek so that Greek-speaking Jews could also have access to mm. So this was just something that's done. Um, and the name of that Bible um, is, this, we call it Septuagint because it was 70 or 72 scholars, mm-hmm. um, six from every tribe by um, the story, worked on this together. And there's quite a story about it. We talked a bit about in the um, in our last series on the Bible, but this Greek Bible, Greek version of the Old Testament. So they're translating all these Hebrew words into Greek. So they come to the word berit, covenant. What word do they use in Greek? Do they have a word? Do they have a similar word? They do. They you know they have they have um, things, and it, and it's the word sun, thiki. Again, don't don't take me too much of my spelling. Um, sun, which is S or S um, or Sin, Thiki, S Y N, Sun, means together. Mm. Um, synergy, think of the word synergy. Yep. Um, sin, together, and ergos, to work. We work Works together. together. So Sin, wherever you see S Y N, S U N, Sun, you have that concept of together. Mm. And Thiki, I can't, I'd actually don't remember what it is, um, but I'm guessing it, it's um, a, an agreement mm. to, to, to make some sort of agreement together. But when the, they came to put this work, in the, in the Greek mindset, it was always two equals or two people or a king and a person. Yeah. But what about this concept of, in the Hebrew, of God cutting covenant with Abraham? They're like, what? <laughs> that was too big for their concept. Yeah. They're like, um, um, how, how can, how can, that, that's not like two people because God is so much bigger than yeah. Abraham. Now, whereas Berit, they're like, yeah, we can, we can handle that. The Greeks, when they, were, when they were translating, said, that doesn't make sense. So they used another word called diatheki, which means, um, we, we, you know, so sun is like two-way, and dia is like the dia through. Mm-hmm. It's one-way theki. It's yeah. a, an agreement from God to man. Mm. It, they, they said this is God's, it's so God-sided you know, Abraham was even put to sleep. He was put to sleep. Do you know what I mean? And, and when God makes a covenant, what do you bring? You know, God, God says, well, I'm a warrior. What do you bring? He says, God, he said, well, I'm a farmer. God says, well, I've got the, <laughs> I own the cattle on a thousand yeah. hills. I, I make everything I touch flourish. What mm. do you do? Oh, I grow some carrots and potatoes. God's like, you're a nothing. So the guy says, well, what else are you going to bring in? Well, I'm going to bring this. I'm going to bring my, my, you know, my good looks and my, you know, witty, witty, um, that's true, yeah. Um, and God's like, okay, we'll just say you're bringing nothing, all right? You know, so a, a covenant with God is so one-sided. Mm. So they actually put a new word in there, diatheki. All right, now, diatheki was a word in Greek, but it wasn't, they didn't use it for covenants. They used it for your last will and testament. Because that is an agreement where I make something and I agree for you. So you say you're my child, mm-hmm. Josh, you're my son. I'm going to make a diatheki with you. And what do you have to do? Nothing. 
Just be your son. Just wait till I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and when I'm dead, it all comes into you. So it's not, it's not an, it's a one-sided agreement where I do it all. You can't make the for mm. me. You can't say when I'm dead, yeah. you're going to do this. this. I, no, no. I can't decide those things. No, I, I sign it. I seal it. I, I, I work out what's the, the, the terms and everything. And then when I'm dead, it's enacted and mm. you get the stuff. So that's a deathiki because it's all one way. Mm. But it's used for a last will and testament. Yep. And they used that word whenever the covenant was talked about. So it was like, people were like, well, we had a word for covenant. We had sunthiki, but you've chosen to use this word last will and testament. And it sort of confused things a little bit. Because they say, well, because sunthiki, that doesn't really work for us. Mm. But diathiki works better, but it also doesn't work with us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, so you ended up with, oh, they didn't really have a good word. And that's, you see that in Paul um, when he's writing. Um, oh, yeah, well, let's do it. I've, I've, I've gone there, so let's do it. No, we'll, we'll look at another time, okay? Remind me to come back. Save it for later. Save it for later. Write I don't want to get too far. I don't want to get down. too far from our, our um, hendiatus. Mm. All right. But Paul talks about covenant, and he says, "Well, there's some good things about a will and testament that actually work." We might get back to it even today. All right. So park that. So let's go back. So you've got this covenant, which is this huge thing of connection and con coming together and agreement. But the Hebrew word can mean a broader thing. That's the thing. It's a broader thing than just two people making an agreement. But it can just be that. It can mm. be almost like a legal mm. thing. And it can be just, now it's stronger than, you know, somebody, and that's why they, they, they it makes it, people, the person who's doing the translation, it must make their head go boom every now and again, trying to get the right word. Because they say, if I put covenant in there, people don't really understand. Yeah. So they put things like a treaty, sign a peace treaty. Do you know what I mean? Def or, it defines a relationship or a part. To yeah. Play. So it's like, okay, yeah, it does mean a peace treaty, but it's more than that. Or mm. a, sometimes I even say a contract, you know, <laughs> and, and it's sort of, a, uh, it's like we've signed a contract together. Mm. And they're like, the Hebrews be like, why? This is way bigger than a contract. You know, you, you, you Westerners have got no idea. You know, there, there was cutting and there was an animal died. You know, I, I, yeah. I've never been to sign any contract where they had to, Brought in the, the, the she-ass, you know, the, the foal of a she-ass and said, we're going to, what are you doing, sir? Well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm buying this block of land from you. Oh, good. You know, what's the, what's the donkey for? <laughs> well, of course, we will cut the donkey and we will walk between the pieces and we will, you know, what are we doing? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't you do that? You know, blood must be shed. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we, we, this is a Solomon agreement and things like that. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is berit is a big word and it covers um, it's a stronger word than just an agreement. Mm. And um, it has an element to it of a loyalty and a, and a connection between the two. Now, not everywhere that it was used would lean into that and not everywhere that it was used would people follow that. That's why kings would break con, con mm. you know, they, you know they, they'd stop. You know, you read about sometimes when the king would just, enough of this, we're not going to pay tribute anymore. And next minute, the, the armies come down and they surround them mm. and um, they say, well, okay, we, we you know. We, maybe, maybe we will. <laughs> we succeed, yeah, we, we will do it. And um, there's a story in, um, in Samuel, 1 Samuel, I think it is. Um, this is before, when Saul has been anointed king, but he hasn't actually sort of taken up that role yet. And um, 
as one of the one of the tribes of Israel, one of the cities, um, sort of on the edge a little bit, and they, and they get attacked, and um, the guy turns up who's you know conquered everybody, and he says, listen, we're, let's stop, let's not let's not have a fight, let's just enter into covenant, mm. which means you sort of you know agree to become our our servants, and he said, what I'll do is every one of you has to pluck out, every man has to pluck out his right eye as part of the covenant agreement. And they're like... I don't think I like that. Yeah, because he's like saying, I'm going to make you useless in battle. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because you can't turn against me then. Yeah. I'm going to make you all into this lousy servants because, you know, you, you can't you can't line up your... um You know, a one-eyed soldier is, is a disadvantage because they, mm. they, they lose perspective and stuff like that. So, um, so, and they say, oh, I'll give us seven days to make, you know, to think about this. And what they do is they send off... And now Israel's sort of a group of tribes that really not looking after each other. And that's why Saul, they said, give us a king. So, cause a king unites and, and so they came down and, and King Saul heard about it and he, mm. he said, right, we're going to do something about it. And he got them all together and they went and they rescued them. Mm. But the um, thing was, they would said, um, make a covenant with us. But this was not, Barit covers this sort of concept. Yeah. So it doesn't always mean loving and and merciful and kind and you know what I mean, because so we, so every time we see Barit, you got to understand it's a big word. It's a, it's a broad covering. Yeah. So two dangers is that we can take the when we see what God does with it and we think that applies to every other situation. Mm. Doesn't work like that. But the other thing we can do is see it how it applies in every other situation and just think that's how it works with God, mm. not realizing that God is the originator of how Barit works mm. and He makes it way bigger. And there's an element to it, and this is what we're getting to. It not just gives you um, uh, certainty. It doesn't just give you confidence. It actually brings you into some sort of connection and some sort of relationship. Mm. It's a, it, it has an element to it where God says to, we're together. So, um, so let's go back to the Hebrew. And let's go back to the Bible. Um, in 1 Kings 8, 23. You're the God who keeps covenant and and loving kindness. Okay, so we looked at the word covenant. Let's look at the word loving kindness there. This is where we get that other word. Um, I just got to come down here where I got the numbered version. So H21, H2617A. King James get it. Where's the word say? All right, H2185. That's not it. Did I press on the wrong word? And mercy. Present and covenant. Mm. Sorry. Technology is hard sometimes, Josh. <laughs> Pressing. All right, here we go. This is the other side mm. of Berit and. Chesed. Let's get a new page here. So, see it's pronounced there, Chesed, or it's spelt there. Um, other spellings, this is the way I normally spell it, Chesed, or I've seen it spelled like this just recently, Chesed. Chesed. So when you say the ch, you've got to sound like you're clearing your nose. This is my understanding. All right. Chesed. Yeah, you're, gonna, you're just about to spit. Chesed. I, I, I said that, but I thought, I'll, I'll say it away from the microphone. Yeah. I don't know if I'll do it justice. All right. So you've got to practice it. I think that's how it's done. I'm not actually a Hebrew scholar, but that's my understanding. That's got a sort of sound. Chesed. Chesed. 
um, chesed is a huge word. It's like, like berit, big concept. Chesed is a big, big word. It's actually one of the key words of the whole Old Testament. All right? Um, coming to understand this word helps you. And it's a very difficult word to put in English. That's one of, it's, again, it's a big mm. word. And um, so let's have a look at how they said it. It's, um, it's a masculine noun. Got nothing to do with masculine Indy, it's just a grammar term. Indicating kindness, loving kindness. Do you notice that loving kindness isn't actually not a word? It's actually two it's words. Two words, yeah. That's loving and loving kindness is because it's a bit like end aid, it's without mm. the end in it. <laughs> it's sort of put two put two things together to try and make one word. Mercy, goodness, faithfulness, love, acts of kindness. This aspect of God is one of several important features of his character. Got truth, faithfulness, mercy, steadfastness, justice, righteousness, goodness. The classic text for understanding the significance of the word is Psalm 136, where it's used 26 times to proclaim that God's kindness and love are eternal. And the, 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 um, his mercy endures forever. Have you ever heard that? Mm. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. It's a, every, every second line of refrain. Well, the word mercy is chesed. Mm. His loving kindness endures forever. Um, um, it's so many times when they go out, you know, when they go out sing, sing the, you know, let's sing out the singers and musicians first, you know, and the, you know, the Lord is beautiful and his mercy yeah. endures forever. It's chesed. Um, but you'll sort of notice that there's two sort of elements to this. Um, it's, it's kindness and mercy, which sort of, you know, sort of fail on, on the same sort of side. Mm. Um, but then you've got faithfulness. Um, which is sort of a loyalty aspect. Yeah. So it's kindness and loyalty. And um, that's where it gets really hard for them to, um, to translate. So you can say a loyal, loving kindness. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it, well, Josh, that's probably a loyal, loving kindness. And I'll, I'll let you use loving kindness because loving kindness is actually two words. Um, that's not really easy to read on there. Um, a, a loyal, loving kindness. It's it, it's it's the um it's two two elements rolled in together. Okay, um, this is this is how I understand it. Mm. Okay, um, in marriage, it's it's meant to be a chesed relationship. So I'm driving down the road. It's late. It's like one o'clock in the morning. It's raining and dark, and I'm going through a dodgy area of town. And mm -hmm. I see a car broken down on the side, and there's a lady trying to change a tire and not doing a very good job of it. Mm. And struggling, and there's guys hovering in the alleys. Do I stop and help? Do I stop and help? I see that, the, I say, I recognize that lady. That's my wife, Christine. <laughs> That's, that changes everything. <laughs> do, I, do I ask that question anymore? No, no longer do I ask that question. I stop and help. Mm. Why do I stop and help? Is it because I feel really bad that there's a lady who is in a um, very dangerous situation, struggling, and ne really needs help? Mm. She needs help. She needs someone to show kindness and mercy. Or do I stop because I have a loyal connection mm. and responsibility to look after her? Yeah. I've made that commitment. She's my wife, and I, and I look after her. So which, which of those two is the reason that I stop? 
Mm. Nadir says the second one. What do you say, Jennifer? What? So I, 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 so, so you're leaning more to the number one. So the, you can, love. You, you can be kind without. So I'm, I'm, it's, it's loving kindness. So I'm showing her love, and, and kind because I love her. Because it's loving kindness. Because I love her. So that's why, that's why they make, that's why they've used, that's why they've made that English word loving kindness. Kindness. Because okay, so if there's just a woman there, mm. it'd be kindness. Mm. But if I do this, yeah, that's good. Mm. Yeah. It, it, exact and this is yeah so th this is this is uh, love and dash kindness it's because kindness by itself doesn't really cut it yeah it's the loving but loving really doesn't even in the english language doesn't really cut the sense of loyalty because mm. i can love you you know people love someone but if they but we say it has to be true if it's true love you will be Loyal, loyal, but you can love someone without being loyal yeah. to them because you know people say, "Oh, I loved him so much." But well, if you loved him, you wouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so it's loyalty is what love needs, but love can be taken without loyalty. Mm. And um, so this is why Chesed. It's all that. So why did I stop? You know, was it because of I was being kind? Was it because I was being loving? Or was it because I was being loyal? It was because I was being Chesed. Yes, mm. I don't have to answer that because. What, 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 but to my way of thinking, if you removed any, any of the options, if you removed any of the options, I would still do it. One of them by itself would be strong enough. Mm. Okay. My love for her, my kindness to help a person in distress mm. and protect them, my loyalty through the commitment and vows that I've made, any one of those is strong enough for me to fully do what I'm going to do. Mm. But I've got all three intertwined. So it's not all three of them work to are just as strong. Yeah. But in, in, you take any of the other way, it would still be strong enough for it to function. Mm. And that's Chesed is this amazing loyal love and kindness and mercy, and it's a it's a reaching out to someone who doesn't deserve it. It's a someone who's in a terrible situation, but they're merciful to them, mm. but they're loyal to this situation, and they're coming. So it's a, this, this big word, and you can't sort of get too big, and you can't, I don't think you can almost oversell this word in what it means and, and, and how it does. But you can see there, this is what I say. So this is like a big word by itself. Yeah. And then on the other side, you've got this other big word, berit, this, this covenant, this loyal exchanging of everything I am into intertwining with you and who you are, and together we convene, together we become we, we unite together, and I'm doing it from top down, top so I'm, down, I'm, yep. I'm making this connection with you. And, um, and the word, we, we, didn't, we didn't look at it there, but let's, uh, let's yeah, we've got time, let's go back. Um, there was another word in there, I don't know whether you noticed, keeping covenant. All right, you are keeping covenant. You, are, you keepest. It's a meaning upon, over, against, by, to, for. Um, it's a wide. I don't think that's the word. I think that's a adjoining word. Going to say that. Seems a bit different. There we go. That's a better one. Mm. A verb meaning to watch, to keep, to preserve, to guard, to be careful, to watch over, to watch carefully over, to be on one's guard. 
The verb means to watch, to guard, to care for. Adam and Eve were to watch over and care for the Garden of Eden where the Lord had placed them. And they watch, um, the priests were to watch over holy things. Um, David gave orders to keep Absalom. So it's to watch over, to look over. So God says, I'm going to ensure that this covenant thing works. Mm. He's watching over his covenant. Mm. It's like a responsibility. It's, he's, taken, he's taken the responsibility for this covenant thing. Yeah. Imagine, yeah, when we start, wow, God's taken the responsibility. That's, that's huge. That's huge that God says, I'll, I'll, get, I'll make this covenant thing work. So we can know. So we can know. So the covenant, the covenant is what gives us confidence. And he says, I'm going to keep the covenant, which gives it like double confidence. I'm watching over it. I'm keeping it. And I've got this loyal, absolutely locked in, 100% rock solid thing. And it's mixed with chesed, mm. loving kindness, mercy, loyal love. It's a, he said, what's God do? He says, this is what I watch. This, this is how I, I, I engage. Mm. God, God who cannot lie. God who doesn't mince words. So when he, when he says that, that's what he means. That's, it, that's what he'll do. Yeah. And, and so it's, you can have total confidence in it, but it's, so let's just sort of lean from side to side. All right. We can, the loyal side the, you know, we, we can have total confidence. Mm. He keeps his promises. He's faithful. So he says, you know, God who cannot lie. Mm. The God who is totally loyal, you know, faithful. The God who is totally dependable. And there's scriptures and there's verses that talk about God who's, you know, rock solid. Mm. He, um, you know, talking about, he's my rock. Lead, when my heart feels overwhelmed, lead me to the shifting sand. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Lead me to the rock, mm. the solid place, you know. Um, he's He's my shelter. He's my shelter. Yeah, he's my strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, mm. a refuge from my enemy. He's, he's reliable. He, I can lean into him. His word is true. There's no, uh, and we talked about last week when he said, you know, let, let God said, well, how can I, everybody's, you've got to make a vow and you've got to do it before a God. He said, you appeal to a higher authority. And God says, I'm going to appeal to a higher authority. And so it's like, you know, okay, here I am. He says, I appeal to the high authority. Then he runs over and he stands there and he is the high authority. And he says, all right, I take this. He's like, he's, he's playing both roles because he said, there is no higher there's authority. No one, there's no one above me. I looked and say, who go? I am it. So I, he says, I, I do both parts. He says, I, I, I vow to you. And he comes, I take your vow and you've got to better keep it because I'm <laughs> big. And yes, and I'm very loyal. You know, like God says, I just mix those two together. I can't get any bigger and more loyal. And then... You say, oh, what happens? Um, but he's not just loyal and reliable. He's so loving. It's a merciful mm. God who's dealing with this. He's a kind God. He's a, a God who actually cares for us yeah. and watches over us and genuinely loves us. Mm. Um, uh, this is a scripture I was going to share with the church on a Sunday. Sometimes you... One's going to get a bit earlier. I think I'll probably still share it. Um, in the book of um, uh, Deuteronomy, let's, Deuteronomy 33, let's go there. I, I think this is the only time this is used in the Bible, this particular verse, or this particular word. Obviously, it's not unusual for their verse to be the only time. 
at the verse. Verse 3. Yep, this is only only occurrence in the Old Testament. Um, Bible says, surely, God, this is this is Moses' great blessing of all the tribes of Israel. Um, I'll read from the New English translation. Surely he loves the people. All your holy ones are in your power, and they sit at your feet, talking about God, and each receiving your words. Um, surely he loves the people. Now, I just went there, and what did I presume that the word would be? Chesed. Surely he chesed with people. But it's not. It's a, it's a word used only this once. So let's... A verb meaning to love. This word occurs only once in the Old Testament, in which it describes God's love for the people of Israel in Deuteronomy 33.3. 3.3.3. Nice and easy to remember. This verse is in a poetical section of Scripture which helps explain why this word is used only when... Um, it's related to habab. So you can see at the top there, habab. It's related to the word hob, H-O-B. So I'm looking out of the way here. H-O-B, which means bosom. And it's used only, that word's only used in Job 31, 33. It says, in other words, it's the love expressed probably signifies an embracing motherly affection. God says, I love you. I'll bring you in close. A hug, it's a hug love. I'm it's a bring you close to my heart. Sorry? Like embracing. An embracing. Bring you close to my mm. heart. It's a beautiful, God says, I love you. Yeah, it's a, it's a love to a child. It's a love to a child. Um, I was actually doing a thing on Psalm 91 um, with our Spanish-speaking um, people, Chris and Liz in Colombia, and, and I would share, do a teaching with them, and um, Chris would do this. So, and, and I felt to do Psalm 91, and it was like, Lord said, I'll show you something when you're teaching that you haven't seen before. You know, so this will be exciting. And, um, and the picture in Psalm 91 is of uh, a bird or a hen gathering the chicks under the under the pinions, mm. under the wings. Yeah. Um, and when when they come in there, they're in that they're in the same sort of spot. I didn't know about this scripture in Deuteronomy 33 when I was looking at that. And Lord, and I'm, as I'm doing it, the Lord says, "You know that spot? That's the spot where you can hear the heartbeat. Mm. You can feel the heartbeat of the, wow. of, the of the mother when you're in that when you're in that location." God says, "I want to bring you in." Mm. And I want you to be so close, and I want you to hear my heartbeat. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I want you to, and then Deuteronomy 33 says, I, I love you. I want to come and bring you in close, and if you put your chest, head in there, I, God says, I want you to be able to hear the beating of my heart. And, um, you know, when, when, we, when we got puppies, you know, and if you either ever got a puppy from brand new and had the, wean that puppy from the sense of it's been with all the other puppies and been with the mother and you've now got it in a little cold um, laundry. Did you do that? Did you put the puppy in the laundry? Oh, grandmother of a pup. Well, we, we, we've always been really strong. You know, you will stay there. You will do this. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, in the bed. Well, you know, can, can I say, we, they start there and then they cry and then they end up in the bed. All right, but I've heard, I've heard that if um, this is, um, if you're trying to get a new, a new puppy to settle, people would take an old alarm clock and they'd wrap it in a towel or a blanket and they'd put it in there with it because the tick, tick, you know, the, the actual ticking of the alarm clock 
because the puppy is used to being nestled in to the mother and there's a sense of the breathing and the heartbeat of the mother. And they, so suddenly they're all by themselves. So they say, we'll put something in there to give them the sense of sense. But it's just a beautiful sense of being close, mm. so close, you can hear the heartbeat. And that's what the sense I have here is. God says, I love you. And um, this, I, I just, I don't think there's any other gods, you know, false gods, but there's no other gods that come close to this yeah. God. <laughs> they're all big and strong and powerful and they, and they, they, they can't appear weak. So there's like, you know, they're either, they're either super strong or they're super um, sexual, you know, or, yeah. or, or, you know, you know, fruitful, you know, and, you know, going to have a million children and, you know, and, and, you know, and, you know, so they're, they're sort of, but God's like, I am strong. And that's just a, a that's such a, 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 um, a corruption of what I truly am. Mm. But none of the, other, none of the gods, the false gods come anywhere close to being strong and yet so tender and so merciful mm. and so loving and says, I want, I want to embrace you and I want to bring you close. <laughs> Covenant is, um, has this aspect of connecting and being close. We become, we unite together. Mm. It's, um, we, we, we integrate and because God, it, it's not, it's not a business, it's not a harsh business transaction. Mm. That's what I'm saying. It's not like, you know, I, I've signed contracts to do things. You know, we, we signed a contract to pay a, a lease fee for our photocopier. I don't know the person's name who signed it from them. I've, I don't care. Mm. I don't know who they are. We never had a meal, nothing. But the covenant be like, what? What do they do? You know, imagine the guy, the guy laughing. You know, they, they brought in a goat as if that's going to cut. You know, no, she has. And then it's always we do that. And then we have a meal together. We break bread because we, you know, covenant, we, we've, got to, we've, got to, mm. we've got to share something afterwards. We exchange things, you know, so that you've got mine and I've, I've got yours and together we, we represent. I, I just signed a contract. I don't, I don't care who they are. I don't know who they are. Let's just get this done. Yeah, let's just get this done and you can have my money every month, you know, that type of thing. That's, that's all they really care about. It's, it's harsh. It's business. Mm. All right? Um, this covenant is hendiatus. It's covenant and chesed. It inter, it's, it's not two concepts. Mm. That's why this is what I'm getting to. You can't just see a covenant without the, the, the mercy and love of God. It's, it's, it's not two sides of the one coin. Mm. It's, they are intertwined and take one out, it doesn't sort of, the other one doesn't, doesn't sort of survive. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's a covenant of loyal love and, and connection. That's what God has brought us into, and that is the new covenant which he's brought us into through Jesus. And it's the type of heart he's got and his desire he's got to bring us to himself and... Um, and it's, it's the type of relationship he wants. And part of that is that, um, uh, well, let's go, to, let's go to Hebrews. Remember I, I said we might get back to this. Let's use this. Um, Hebrews chapter 9. And verse 15. 14, I don't know. Let's get there. Um, I do like reading this. The way... Uh, 
Uh, let's read from verse 15. And for this reason, Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant. Okay, uh, let's have a quick look to see what that word is. Um, New, uh, okay, King James says New Testament. There it is. Um, it's a diatheke. Remember we just talked about that? Mm -hmm. It's a diatheke. Set out in order to dispose in a certain order. It's a testament. It's a covenant. Um, in the Greek, it always meant to be the disposition of a person making of his property in prospect of his death, his testament. All right, so it's meant to be like the last will and testament. Mm. So the King James actually says, well, let's put the word testament in there, which sort of doesn't make any sense because we're not talking about a will and testament, we're talking about the covenant that Jesus has yeah. made. So it's like, oh, it's just all, all, all very confusing. So I like the New Americans, keeps covenant, but it's the word diatheke. Here's the mediator of a new covenant in order that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called by called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Um, for where, there, where a covenant is, there must be of necessity be the death of the one who made it. All right. This is a diatheke in terms of a will. Mm. Does it work if the person's still alive? No. It's when they die, yeah. you get the benefit. So he says, hey, guess what? You know, a diatheke is a good word because when you, you got to die in order for it to be activated. Mm. But... In the Berit, you didn't have to die because Abraham didn't die. Noah didn't die. David mm. didn't die when God made covenants with him. And then two people made covenants. They didn't have to die. Mm. But Paul says, you know what? There's something of a truth here, though. Animals were cut. Yeah, animals were cut because that represented the fact that, um, you know, they'd put them in. they say, if you break the covenant... <laughs> Just, That's what they do. They look at the animals and say, This is what will happen. This is what will happen to you. You better pay attention. You better do it. Um, but there's, sense, there's a sense where I lose my, I lose something in this. I die to my own will because I, I must, I, don't, mm. I no longer have the choice. Yeah. If you're being attacked, I must protect you. Mm. You know, if Christine's on the side of the road with, you know, the wheel off the car, I lose, I lose I've died to my own choice. Mm. I no longer choose, do I drive by or not? I've lost that. I've died to that. I am. I have no choice in that matter. But it's like, oh, that sounds very harsh. But I'm just saying. But love is mm. why I would do it. And yeah. mercy. But you know what I mean? It's it's come on. But Paul's sort of like, hey, you know what? This this will and testament thing. I know why they did it. But it, it's got some interesting issues which sort of match with what we've discovered in Jesus. Mm. Jesus had to die for this to happen. Animal sacrifice had to die. So it's a bit like a will, isn't it? It's a mm. bit like a testament. Yeah, I was thinking that before, like the last will and testament. Well, you know, he did die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did die. And that's why we call, that's why our Bible's divided into the Old Testament and New Testament. Mm. And it's a, it's a flashback to the um, diatheke. The fact yeah. that they use diatheke is why we've used that. Because it really should be Old Covenant and New, New covenant, covenant, you know, but we've, gone with the word testament because we've connected to this word diatheke. Or covenant and shadow covenant. Yeah. So for a covenant is valid. I love that phrase. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead. It's never enforced while the one who made it lives. Now you say, oh, that doesn't make sense to berit. And it doesn't make sense to a sunthiki, you know, that normal covenant. Mm. But diatheke it does. And so people are like, how can he say that? He's like, he's, he's making, 
is like a, a is, is making a play on it based on the fact that they've the word that has been used for covenant amongst the, the, the Jews has become diatheki. Mm. He says, you know, just think how a diatheki works. If you understand how a diatheki works, you will understand how God's covenant works at its essence. Mm. You'll understand what the core of it is. A diatheki needs someone to die. Well, our covenant comes about when someone dies. They, sh they, they give their life up for it. The covenant comes into being and you lose one. Um, this is why, um, you know, I hope I'm not going to oh, stand on some sacred cows or something. You know, we'll let's just do it. Stand on some. One of the reasons marriages struggle in our Western society is that we've got living people in the marriage. Mm. All right? That's good. People, people come into the marriage covenant and stay alive. They keep themselves fully alive, and it's two living people now trying to just get along. Mm. Um, in order to actually come into the covenant, you, you've got to die. You, you die, and you become a brand new entity, mm. and the two of you are now a brand new entity, a brand new the thing. The two become one. The you, two become one. You die one. to yourself. Yeah. yeah. So covenant by its necessity, covenant works... And covenant only works, Paul says, when someone dies. Mm. And that's how it works in a will. And he said, that's how it really works in a covenant. And that's how it works. Now, um, so if, therefore, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without blood. And um, he talks about the fact that blood was sprinkled. And when they brought the law, this is talking about Moses and, um, setting up the, the covenant, which was the covenant of the law. They had blood and, um, and he sprinkled the blood. And, and when and then they did the tabernacle, blood. There was blood everywhere. He mm. said everywhere you went, there was blood because it's all about death and death is how covenants actually come into being. Um, um, and you could all, he said you could almost go as far to say, according to the law, one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So that's what he's got to say. You know, let's just take this and have a look at it. You know what? It doesn't, without this, someone dying. Now, how do we get our forgiveness? Thankfully, Jesus died for us. Mm. Jesus did all the dying. He did everything for us. He did the dying. So, whoa, thank God for that. But he wants us now to enter into this covenant. He's established it. He's the mediator of it. Mm. And he's giving us confidence with it. But the worst thing we can do is then look at that covenant that he's made and then think it's a legal document it's all about what he has committed to give us. It's all about the, the strength that he's going to give us and the provision he's going to make for us. And he's, going to, he's promised to look after us and he's done all this, this, this. And he was, he's got to keep his promises because he's loyal and he's big and strong and he mm. must do it. And, he's, yeah. and, so, and, and what we've done, we've done half a hendiatus. And we say, I, know, I want him to love me too. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not talking about what he's doing to us. Yeah. I'm talking about it's all about a, a relationship of just selfless giving and selfless loving and mm. selfless bringing. I, I, I die to myself. In yeah. order to enter into this, he did all the work, but I've still got to die mm. I got to, to be connected with this. Um, let's look at, um, okay, well, let's look at Genesis 3, because I don't, I don't want to just presume on anything. You, you mentioned this scripture just before. Um, Maybe even Genesis 2. Yeah, Genesis. Oh. 
Genesis 2, 24. For this cause, a man, very first man and woman, Adam and Eve, this cause, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Mm. There's a uniting together and the two of them become one. There's a, a loss of an individual identity. Yeah. And then you bring the covenant and the chesed together of loyal love and relationship mm. and commitment. And it's, that's why to, that's why to, to um, break from that is, um, what does it say? Treachery. Mm. It's a huge break of that's confidence. Like, that's like ripping. It's a rip. Because ah. it's not, like you said before, it's not, it's not two single people come together. It's, you become one, one now. Yeah, you are one. You're not even two halves. You've become one. Um, so let's go to First Corinthians, chapter six. First Corinthians six, and verse fifteen. Yeah. So, do you not know that your bodies, your bodies, are members of Christ? Shall I take away the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? May it never be. What, my body? When did my body become a member of Jesus? We're blood bought. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a harlot is one body with her? For he says the two will become one flesh. For the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. We have, but through, the, through our covenant, We've become one with God. Mm. We've become one, um, amazing. one spirit with the Lord, with Jesus. We've, 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 we've actually united. It's a marriage connection. The two of us become one. So the relationship that I have with Jesus needs to be defined and understood in the hendiatus of covenant-keeping, loyal love. That's that relationship we have. Mm. And it covers me spirit, soul, and body. It mm. says I'm one spirit with him. But it actually says, but your body um, is his. Um, so let's just read it through. Flee immorality. Every other sin that man commits is outside the body, but the immoral, immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. In other words, we've been paid. The covenant is, is ours. And we are fully his. Mm. Spirit, soul, and body belong to him. We have come together. So God's plan is for us to, to come into this relationship where we can get close to his heart, hear his heartbeat, and you know, be all those things. But it's a, it is a, a connecting together. Um, but if we treat this as a legal, this is what God's provided for yeah. me, and we're still two individuals, and I still and and I haven't died to me, yeah. And I'm still doing all my own stuff. Um, that's when that um um it's only one side. Yeah, it, we, we, we're so we're, we're messing up the whole mm. concept of what a covenant is. It gives us confidence, but it also gives us connection, mm. and that connection intertwines us with God. Now, praise God. This is this is um one of the most amazing things is the fact that. Um, in the old covenant, if I broke my side, it messed up the covenant. But Jesus has made 
been made the mediator and the surety yeah. and the guarantee of our new covenant. Um, we read that last week, you know, from Hebrews. Jesus is the guarantee of the new covenant. So you can go back and watch last week if, mm. you, if you missed that. And um, it's just, he <laughs> takes all the pressure off, but it doesn't lift me from understanding what this is all about mm. and that I need to intertwine myself in with God. And it's a, a convening together. It's a it's an intertwining of my life and his and the loyalty. And, and you say, um, how can this work? How can I actually, this is, because this, this chesed love is way bigger than me. Do you know what I mean? Um, um, I'm just thinking if I find a scripture here. Um, okay, let's just go to Romans chapter 5. How does this all work? How can I, how can I, how can I ever, ever get intertwined in that type of love? Mm. How can I bring my brokenness, my damagedness, my, 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 my failings, mm. my treachery, your shortcomings. Yeah, my shortcomings. How do I bring all this in? And um, Romans 5, and let's read from verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus, through Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, we exult in hope of the glory. In other words, this introduction, it's, it's the start. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's the start. It's, he's, he's made peace, and that's the start. Mm. It's not the end, it's actually the start. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulations brings about perseverance. Otherwise, when pressure comes, this is where we find out what God has actually done in us. And perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. How does this all work when the pressures come and the temptations come? Now it's not. Now the difference is, he's not only made peace with us, but he's put his Holy Spirit in mm. us. And he's brought that chesed, loyal love, and that ability to, to keep the covenant mm. into us. And he can transform us mm. and enable us to actually rise to what this is all about. You, you die to yourself and you become like more like Jesus. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it's all about becoming and letting the work of the Holy Spirit change us from the inside out. And we actually become this. So covenant, we, 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 we are empowered not just to be in covenant. Mm but we are empowered to be a part of the covenant, if that makes sense, to actually fulfill mm. the covenant, to not just, That's good. not just get the promises of the covenant, but actually, oh, I can, I can actually, I can live this covenant where I hear the heartbeat of God mm. and I can be close to God and um, loyal to God. I don't have, oh, but I've stumbled and I've fallen and what do I do? Well, God says, well, we have, um, one John um, says, you know, if, if we stumble, mm. if we fall, we've got an advocate who can help us. Let's just look at that. I don't want to just presume on scriptures. One John uh, chapter two, verse one. Um, My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. I don't want you to fall, but if you do sin, we've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. Big word, English word means He's paid for in full our sins. It's satisfied. Not, he's satisfied. Yeah, it's a satisfaction of our sins, not only for ours only, but also for the whole world. That's an amazing scripture. Mm. Um, 
you know, he, he's, it's just those that by faith will, will receive it. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Um, the one who says, I have to come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. The truth is not in him. Mm. Whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. Mm. By this we know that we're in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. In other words, oh, this is not about, oh, I've got to live a perfect life. If, I, if yeah. I stumble, it's dealt with. I can come into it. But this love has been given to me. This, the love of the covenant has been poured into me. So I, actually can, I can actually learn and grow and walk. And, in, and I suddenly have an ability mm. to do it by the Holy Spirit in a way that I'm actually part of the covenant. Mm. I'm actually fulfilling the covenant. Me, me and God, are, we're in covenant together. Yeah. And I'm making this thing work. And it's not like there's no pride there. You know, it's like because Ephesians 2 says that if, if it's by works of myself, then there's pride. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've, and we've got no reason to boast. So this is not like I'm, I've made this thing work, Josh. I'm such an amazing. No, no. This is all God has worked in me. Yeah. And he's done a transformation and a change in me. Um, this is what he's always wanted. This is what he's always desired. And um, in the Old Testament, like you said, it was a shadow. It was just such a, a poor um, mm. thing. And I think I finished on this last week, and we're going to finish here today. Uh, let's go to Hosea, uh, the prophet. Hosea, um, well, let's go to chapter 1. Um I might just switch to New Living so it's a little bit free, more free-flowing because I'm not going to study the words but more the thoughts. Um, Hosea, amazing prophet. God's like, God's got this people. Israel at this time was not good. Mm. This is the northern kingdom, the northern people that have just gone away from him and not li living. But what's God's heart? He just, what's, God says, I want to keep covenant. Mm. I want to show chesed love. He loves but you people. guys just keep making me have to be do the, 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 the judgment part. Mm. I just hate this. He says, I so want you to be close here where you, you know, but you just won't. He says, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get a prophet and think, you know, you think a prophet's job is to come and, and just speak. But no, in the Old Testament, the prophet was, you often had to demonstrate. Mm. You had to show by what you did. So he said, I'm going to give Hosea, verse one, verse two. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. Wow. There's a, that's a, quite a prophetic statement. That's, that's Can I, I can't just say it, Lord. I can't just say, <laughs> oh, Israel's like a prostitute. He said, no, I want you to actually marry a prostitute. And I want you to show what it's like. I want you, I want you to just demonstrate what it's like trying to be married to someone who's just sleeping around with all the other idols and everything else. Okay, so he married Goma. And she became pregnant, gave Hosea a son. And then, so the Lord gave him some children. He named them prophetically. I won't go through all that. And then the Lord sort of said, this, I'm going to change their names. You know, like, for instance, he said, one of them is going to be, a, a, I think it's a girl called Lo Ami. Um, Lo means not. Mm. Ami, my people. So it's not my people. I'm going to call mm. it not my people. Oh, great name oh. for the daughter. But later on, it's, it's okay, because he says, I want to change her name. I'm going to change her name. And um, in that day, you will call your brothers Ami. Uh, I'm going to change the name to, you are my people. You are. Ah, so, so, so that's nice. All good now. Yeah, but he's sort of saying, but this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what mm. I want. And um, in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, The Lord said, go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. 
This will illustrate the Lord still loves Israel. In other words, go and find your wife. She's left. She's out there prostituting herself. Even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. God says, I want to show you what I'm like. Even though you've left me, I'm coming to find you. It, it, God hasn't changed. <coughs> his love, his, he wants to show this mercy and love. So he says, so Hosea says, so I bought her back. That's his own wife. He had to pay for her. We're his own creation. He made us. And he had to go and pay for us with mm. his, the price of his son. Yeah. Amazing. And um, then I said to her, you, you know, can't do this anymore. You've got to come live here. There's some prophetic things that goes on here. But I think it's an amazing picture. Yeah. The prophetic word of God. <coughs> um, so verse chapter one, uh, chapter four, verse one. The Lord says to the people, there is no faithfulness, no kindness, no knowledge of God in your land. Do you recognize some covenant sort of words in there? You've, you're not fulfilling that covenant here. You're doing hopeless. Um, chapter six. This sounds amazing. It sounds like, ah, oh, the people are having revival. You know, this is what I, oh, my heart <laughs> brings a tear to the eye. It says, come, let us return to the Lord. This is the people speaking. God's torn us to pieces. And now he will heal us. He's injured us. Now he will bandage our wounds. He's bringing us back. Mm. Sounds like in just a short time, he'll restore us so that we may live in his presence. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn and the coming rains mm. and the early spring. That sounds amazing. These people are like, whoa, they're coming back to God. They're saying, we're going to do this amazingly. Verse four, God speaks. Oh, Israel and Judah, what shall I do with you? No, 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 they're good. They've come back. They've come back. We're here. We're they're doing back. the temple sacrifices and everything. You know, you can see that in verse six or seven, I think. You know, they're doing the sacrifices. Mm. God says, what am I going to do with you? Your love, your love, which, what do you think the word for love there is? Any guesses? Any word, guess for the word love? You most times, that, don't, don't be fooled by that one time or that other word. All right, most times when you see love. Um, we know the answer, but we'll just let you. Yeah. Um, Say what you think. Um, uh, let's, let's bring it up. Let's see what. Let's. I, I don't actually always know. I'm, I'm. I'm sort of exploring with you. That's part of why I do this here, rather than have it all mapped out. Mm. We, we sometimes go down a path, and it's, oh, that's not right. So, so for your, oh, well, and then King James is why I can work out your your goodness. That's not goodness. <laughs> That's goodness. That's chesed. Your chesed. Your chesed. Okay. So I was right because I'm like King James's goodness. Um, all right. Your your loyalty. Your chesed. Your love. Your chesed vanishes like the morning mist and disappears like the dew in the sunlight. And that's why. Oh, we love you. We love you. Love you. And as soon as the heat rises, where's it gone? As soon as a bit of a pressure is applied. Yeah. As soon as the other. Uh, you know, so sometimes everyone says, "Oh, do you want to come and have a uh, love feast with the other God, idols?" Oh, that sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he said, "I sent my prophet to cut you to pieces. Oh, I slaughter you with my words, with judgments as in inescapable as light." Some people read that and they're like, "Ah, oh, God's so nasty." You just got to know ugh, his whole mercy and love. You know, this is this is what he wants. I want to show. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. Just, oh, God, I just, I just want chesed love mm. in this. 
I just want you to be close to me and know yeah. and walk with me. But you guys will take, the, I, I bless you. This is, and you, you sort of, you know, read through the book of Hosea and say, I bless you. I give you nice things. And then you take them and you bake bread for the, and you make them, take them to the idol feasts. I give you gold and you make idols out of it. Mm, that, I, I, you know. that love that he's giving, you know, he wants returned. Yeah. And it, but you know, people, oh, he's a harsh God. Yeah. No, this is the, the loyal mercy. This is, why, this is why we've got to see covenant in this light. It goes, oh, I so want this to work. So he says, fine. So this is like, this is the problem I've got, Josh. He says, this is the problem. The loyal love. And I, I said, I'm looking for someone. He said, I, I did find someone. I found Abraham, at least believed me. But, you know, even he had troubles. But I, I could work around that. And, and he said, I found someone after my own heart. By the way, she says, I found someone after my own heart. Who was it? David. David. He said, and even David wasn't perfect. He said, he came to David. He had to send a prophet to David. He said, I'm giving you everything. And he actually said to David, if you, if you, need, if you wanted anything, just ask me. Mm. And he said, and yet you went up when you should have been out at battle. You were home mm. eyeing off one of your chief warrior's wives on the roof and think, I want her. He said, God's like, what are you doing? You just, it could have just come to me. Mm. This could have come to me. But he said, you're messing this up. So even David, who was close to his own heart, couldn't do this. So God had to find the perfect one to make covenant with. And he found that in Jesus. So mm. he said, Jesus, I love them so much. I need to send you. Mm. You need to come and become one of them, become a created being person, but not sin. Mm. Let's, you're not going to mess it up. And let's make covenant. Let's do this. And, let's, and the Holy Spirit says, I know what I can do. I know what I can do. <laughs> Holy Spirit says, I'll tell you what I can do. This love relationship you have, I will come and I'll get inside and I'll begin to work it out from them mm, so, so, that, good. so that they can enter into that loyal love yeah. because they can't do it by themselves. Yeah. And so, oh, it's, and, and it's you know, known as the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. And sometimes we just make it a song, you know, fruit of the spirit is love. You know, but you know, it's such a, oh no, it's love. It's actually love. Mm. The, the chesed love, the love that we could never do, mm. the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to come and I'll put that in their heart and mm. I'll make it so you can actually connect with God and he said, I can bring you close and we can have a relationship and I can. And, and one of the things, the th one of the three things that will last forever. Yeah. Love, love, hope yeah. and faith. So yeah. Because like, yeah. love never, no, love never, has yeah. a, doesn't, love has no expiry There's date. There's no expiry. That's good. That's um, literally what that Greek word was. Love has no expiry. It doesn't, it never comes to an end. Um, so what is covenant? Covenant is these two things. First of all, it gives us confidence. Mm. And it gives us connection. Mm. It, it enables us. And connection is a weak word. I, without, if anyone just hears this, our oh, covenant gives connection. Oh, yeah, okay. It connects us. Yeah. Yeah, this is way too small. Uh, I don't know how better, I don't know what better word to use because it's like, same as any of these words, you know, some, as soon as you try and bring them, mm. they, they lose a lot of the meaning with a single word. But the connection means intertwined and the love of God enables us to actually walk in this um, co covenant keeping love mercy loving god and we can come in to be a part of that mm. and that's what that's what that's why um god talks about covenant without a covenant without covenant he can't do all those things because he's got no right mm. um hosea by making a marriage was able to go and buy back his wife because he there was you know what i mean he'd, he'd made legally 
Legally, he'd done it. Yeah. So the covenant gives him the legal rulings and enables him to do it. But inside that, he wants to show his mercy and, and, and his chesed inside it. But, the, but it's important. The covenant's important. So that's why we need to look at our lives always in the context of we're in covenant. It's, it's, that's what we are. We're in an official relationship with God and do that. Josh, why don't you pray for us and we'll, we'll close it there. Thank you, Father God, that we can be assured, we can know uh, that you have such a great love for us, a hesed love for us. And Father God, it, we, we want to grow and learn and as we become more like Jesus, have, as you have put your Holy Spirit in us, we, we want to return that. that. How you look at us, we want to look at you and say, to God, we love you. We want to be with you. And we, but we thank you, God, that this, uh, this is something that you enacted. This is something that you started that you could only do yourself because we, we couldn't do our part. And so we, we see that, we appreciate that great love that you have for us, Father. And that's exciting. We love that. And so we, we thank you for this time. We bless you, Father, that people uh, today, we, we have had a deeper understanding of just how you want to be with us, how you want to, um, how you want to act and respond with us, and, and, sorry, and us to respond with you, Father God. Yeah. And so that today and as we go out from this place that we can uh, walk in that, live in that, in that love that you have for us, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, everybody. Josh, if you want to head around to close off and... Um, hallelujah. Praise God. I just I want to, while Josh is doing that, just going to finish with the scripture. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Daddy. Hallelujah. So thank you for joining us and being a part of this. Josh, I appreciate you um, being with me. And um, we look forward to being here for the third part, third installment. Um, don't forget, you can go back and watch previous um, uh, lessons, either from Covenant, or you can go back and watch the series that we did on the Bible and how we approach the Bible and, and, and how we allow it teaching us. And, and, um, but they're all on our website, breakthrough.org.au, um, and you can just go to slash academy and it takes you straight there. God bless you all, and see you next week.